A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Maven, concentrate on sin. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights are probably gone. So had the stairs. You are just number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 422. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are continuing our discussion about intruders. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. This was a BBC Two and BBC America co-production from 2014 with eight one-hour episodes that form sort of one big story that's like a mystery box show with missing persons, assassins, people struggling with another consciousness trying to take over them, and lots of threads being woven together into something. It certainly does. It is a bit of a mystery, this show, which we're going to try and unpick a little bit as we go along now. So let's give a spoiler warning, which we discussed in our last episode, to say that we're going to get into a little bit more of the mystery of intruders. You can't talk about it very much without getting into a little more spoilery territory. Indeed. We know that lead characters Amy Whelan and the child Madison O'Donnell have both been acting very strangely and seem to have spells well they seem to have spells when they're completely themselves and then spells when they appear to be someone else entirely particularly noticeable in the nine-year-old Madison who will at times suddenly start speaking and behaving as if she is an old man in fact an old man by the name of Marcus Fox, which is all very mysterious, and it is where some of the strange and strong and discriminatory language seems to come from this Marcus Fox persona. Yes, that's right. And then Richard Shepard, that's the James Frain character, is killing his way toward finding Madison, killing quite a few people in this, while Jack Whelan and Gary Fisher discover this secret society, Quiver and they are this group who is seeking immortality by transferring their souls, their personalities into other people, into new bodies. Yes, this is, as I'm sure our listeners will figure out, this is the intruders of the title. This is new consciousnesses or consciousnesses finding themselves in new bodies But it's not an entirely straightforward process because once in their new body, these members of Qui Reverti, this consciousness needs to be reactivated or triggered in some way. And this is done by sort of showing them key items that they'll remember from their past lives, some sort of trigger item or sort of a small, I don't know, token or something that's held up to them. They refer to them as triggers. Yes. And the shepherds that we've talked about seem to be tasked not just with killing people who get in the way of this process, but also with finding these 
people and reactivating them or triggering them literally to come back or for their consciousness to take over this new body. Yes. And we have some references to the idea that this way of going into new bodies and being triggered and so on, that this is how the world works, that this is a fundamental part of humanity, but most people just don't know about it. And there's, I mean, the shells, the seashells, are they are they anemone shells or something similar, Brian, that are held up by the shepherds? to certain characters as a way of triggering them. Yes, there are the shells as well as the triggers, and I was never entirely certain the role of the shells. Yes, but it does seem to be something that Richard the Shepherd will hold up to certain characters at certain times to remind them who they were or who they are or who they're going to be. As well as, I mean, we haven't really touched this at all, there's a significance to the number nine in this, which is unusual considering that Millie Bobby Brown's going to go on and play 11 at some point a couple of years later. Yes, that was sort of an amusing uh, coincidence. Now, we talked briefly about the sort of look and sound of Intruders, the film, the series, as it were, because, as we've said, this is set in the sort of Pacific Northwest of America, although largely filmed, we understand, in Canada. And it gives a certain sort of look and feel to this BBC America show that's obviously set in North America. Yes, that's right. It was filmed in BC in Canada, but it has a sort of bleached out look to it with the lighting and how the episodes were shot. This is... I think in part post-production choices, but also directorial choices from when it was being filmed. And it's particularly notable in the scenes that are set on beaches, and there are quite a few of those. They tend to have a very washed out look to them. Would you say desaturated in terms of the colours, Brian? In some cases, I think so, yes. And at times with a certain sort of greenish hue to the filming and the lighting, it seems, or it gives it that sort of look to me anyway. Yes, they are, I think, playing with colour in this to some extent. We should mention it's got rather distinctive theme music and incidental music composed by Bear McCreary, a composer notable for his work on the TV series Battlestar Galactica. That's the revival of Battlestar Galactica. Also on uh, the Isaac Asimov series Foundation, he worked on, quite recently I guess, on Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power TV series on Amazon as well. And he also did the music for Outlander and did some very good work there. Very good composer who's done some very interesting work on quite a few American shows. And his music, the opening title sequence, which is rather dramatic, and of course this sort of bleached out look to the lighting and filming of the show, and of course it's set in in that particular part of America and Canada, it gave me, well, obviously, quite honestly, it gave me the feel of The X-Files. You know, and there is some X Files DNA in here, particularly with Glenn Morgan behind the scenes doing the writing. And of course, there's also, it shares with the X Files, can I say, Brian, a sort of slowly developing and at times quite obscure and impenetrable sort of conspiracy theory. And there were, of course, famously those conspiracy theory or the, you know, the slowly developing conspiracy episodes of the X Files, which, you know, varied in popularity with fans. 
So it's got a sort of X-Files feel to it, this show. I wondered also how it compared with another BBC America production, which I haven't seen, but I know you have, Brian, Orphan Black. Yeah, Orphan Black was a Canadian production, actually, and did have, I think, uh, some kind of co-production deal with BBC America there as well. I would say it's quite a different feel, and this does feel more X-Files than Orphan Black to me. But yeah, there certainly are some interesting things with the the look and the feel. And as you say, it does have a lot of X-Files influence. And I wonder if some of that is sort of being done deliberately, or if it's just because X-Files was such an influential show. Right. And... It sort of changed the the look of how supernatural things and conspiracy-related things and so on were being done on television, so you would pick up on those sorts of things. Well, I'm glad it's not just me that saw the sort of similarities to the X-Files in this show. And as you say, yeah, it may be some of that behind-the-camera stuff, some of the way they've chosen to film it and uh, the music and so on interesting stuff and it certainly has a distinctive look we can say that yeah absolutely so i think it's time to get into our own views a little more than we already have so Eamon, what did you like about intruders well let's say that this is a 2014 series with bbc america worldwide sort of production values and so that distinctive look and sound and the great casting, it looks great. You know, it's really sort of an impressive look to it. I mean, the stylistic choices of these very bleached out sequences uh, we could perhaps argue about. But I don't think we can doubt the production values behind it um, at the time, Brian. Yes, I agree. It certainly does look good and sound good. For me, the cast really jumps out. John Sim and Mira Servino were both very good, but Millie Bobby Brown was spectacular in this. And I'm guessing maybe this was part of what led to her role in Stranger Things but she had a lot to do in this and had to be a you know nine-year-old girl who is sometimes herself and sometimes the embodiment of this older man with lots of nasty stuff to say so it was you know quite a lot to give to a young actor and she did it very well indeed she is astonishing <laughs> Let's be honest. Her American accent is better than some of the older actors. And she has to literally turn on a dime to switch from a nine-year-old girl to this extremely unpleasant older man persona that, um, you know, is stuck in her body. And it's, I looked at her IMDb, as you know, Brian. She had one screen credit before this series. She then did a couple of of just single episodes of TV series after this. And then, of course, the next thing after those two is Stranger Things. And it's it has to be, you have to think that the Duffer Brothers or somebody working on Stranger Things saw this show and thought, we need to get her. There were a lot of the elements that they would be looking for for Eleven and Stranger Things we could see them here so it does seem that way and i'll also while we're talking about the cast i'll mention how lovely it was to see robert forster in there of course who's since sadly passed away but i always love robert forster on screen and these these roles he did in his later career 
from Jackie Brown onwards are particularly fabulous. Yeah, the acting as a whole was quite strong in this, for sure. What about the writing of this show? You know, perhaps some of it, the source material and then the adaptation. What did you make of that, Brian? Well, it was something of a mixed bag for me. They had some interesting things in there, but it was a long, convoluted story that was not always that engaging for me. It had some some good moments and some interesting interesting ideas in there for sure but it was a little too meandering and unfocused to be compelling for me it certainly takes its time to get going there's a lot of episodes before it even starts to become clear what exactly is going on i thought there's a lot of meandering as you say these complicated multiple plot strands that we have to somehow put together it almost it feels to me like a series of eight episodes that i probably should have watched a second time brian but you know unfortunately our schedule we have quite a lot of stuff to watch sometimes because i think if i'd watched it through a second time i might have a better idea what was going on yeah it it's always a challenge to have eight one hour episodes or eight 42 minute episodes whatever they are and have one story that you know is covering that whole time it can be done to make that work very well but it's difficult <laughs> And it doesn't always work out. And I think in this case, they had enough story content and it didn't feel at all slow, but it was not as cohesive and engaging as I wanted it to be. Yeah. And I I will keep mentioning The X-Files because it did seem to me to be more like the strange, ongoing, meandering conspiracy episodes of The X-Files as opposed to the monster of the week ones, which, as you know, this is, this is no surprise to anyone, but, you know, the monster of the week episodes were more popular with a lot of fans for good reason. Glenn Morgan was particularly associated with those monster of the week episodes. And it seems strange that this in series, and I guess it reflects the source material, but this series has those sort of strange, there's a conspiracy, there's a plot, we don't really know exactly what's going on, but it's shady stuff feel to it and it it found those were the bits i really struggled with you know that it's taking so long to actually explain to us what's going on i do sort of wonder and i've no idea if this is true or not but i wonder if michael marshall smith was influenced by the x-files and that ongoing conspiracy thread of the x-files in writing the original novel oh that's an interesting thought and yes and considered that but yeah i wonder if he was yeah okay and this is just you know in the well much of the 90s when the x-files was running it sort of changed conspiracy science fiction and was a big influence so uh you know it makes you wonder where that influence might have been yeah i mean it, you know we uh, as i'm sure our listeners know we can't really underestimate the huge pop cultural impact of the x-files so much so that on the front cover of my dvd of intruders it says from the writer and executive producer of the x-files right above at the top it's just a shame that this british produced x-files 
like series just didn't turn out to be great. Maybe if they'd got a second season and been allowed to sort of roam away from the book, they might have been able to turn it into something. But of course, that never happened. It's just the eight episodes. It is self-contained, but, you know, as I say, at times, it's rather impenetrable and dull to me. Yeah, it does tell a complete story. And despite having that opening there, it feels like, you know, a satisfying conclusion to what they're doing. But it's, you know, so much in so many different directions that it wasn't as compelling as I might have hoped. Yeah, strange. Uh, I've mentioned, certainly in our last episode, I've put it down in our sort of possible, or in my possible negatives, that, you know, Millie Bobby Brown's character has to use rather sort of misogynistic, discriminatory language. But in a way, that is a reflection of this older male persona who's inhabiting her body, and also... <laughs> It just again reflects how good Millie Bobby Brown is in this series, that she is probably the most startling thing about it, I would guess. Yeah, in some ways, this 2014 show, it's not quite 10 years old, but it's a little bit dated because that would be handled a little bit differently now. I think it was handled well, actually. I enjoyed seeing that and thought it was a good storytelling tool. I think maybe it could be refined a, a little bit and use slightly more subtle ways of you know or slightly different ways of showing this very different character but yeah the, it did work well and i did rather rather like that aspect okay so production value is great uh distinctive look distinctive music some of the acting performances are outstanding particularly millie bobby brown the writing caused us some problems, I'm guessing, Brian. Yeah. Anything else in the sort of pluses or minuses for you on this series? I think we've covered that fairly well. Do you want to move on to recommendations? Yeah, I guess it's recommendation time for our listeners, and they might be already detecting how we're going to go. Do you want to start us off, Brian? Sure. I am not going to recommend this. It does have some interesting things, especially in the performances, but it just wasn't interesting and compelling enough for me to recommend watching the full eight episodes of this, which really is what you need for the, the story. So no, I am not going to recommend this one. Yeah, I really struggled with this one as well, Brian. I found it rather dull, you know, apart from this startling performance of the young Millie Bobby Brown, who is really the only reason to watch it, I'm afraid. It is very cheap and easy to get hold of. It might be worth just watching one episode on streaming to sort of get the flavour of it, to see Millie Bobby Brown's performance and see if this is something you might be interested in. But on the whole, no, it's a double thumbs down from us here on British Invaders, sadly, because I had high hopes for this series, Brian. Yes, indeed. Well, it has interesting people involved. Absolutely. Great people before, you know, in front of and behind the camera, but sadly let us down. Never mind. So, in summary, Intruders introduces us to a variety of characters who are suddenly in unusual situations. We have Amy and young Madison fighting with these other people, vying for control of their bodies. And we have Jack dealing with what is happening in his family and the disappearance of his wife and we have this investigation 
into this strange phenomenon and this organization, Qui Reverti, who seem to be manipulating things in order to bring themselves back, taking over new people after they die. So the Qui Reverti is who returns. So we have this strange journey involving this conspiracy of people who are manipulating life in this way. Interesting stuff. And of course, if you think we've got it wrong on Intruders and it did hit the mark for you, then please drop by the Facebook group or Twitter and let us know. Or if you've read the original novel and can explain to me personally, particularly what the shepherds are supposed to be doing, then please get in touch. Yes, absolutely. And of course, please come back and join us next time as we journey back in time a bit this time. This one, Brian, we are going back to 1963 to an early puppet show by Roberta Lee, who we've talked about a few times, but we are going to be looking at her Space Patrol series from ITV in 1963. And I'm just going to sort of tip tip us off on this one, Brian. The production notes are going to be very interesting next time. Yes, there definitely will be lots to talk about there. Until then, you can find all of our episodes on BritishInvaders.com over 400 of them and even the ones that are no longer in the podcast feed they're all available on the website or if you search for British Invaders on Facebook you can find us there and join in on some of the conversations we have there we are also on Twitter we are at Brit Invaders Pod so please follow us if you're on Twitter yes find us on Twitter find us at Facebook and get involved let us know what you think or find us at the Voice of Geeks Network, which you will find at vognetwork.com. British Invaders is one of the podcasts there. There are other podcasts. There's gaming. There's Twitch streaming. There's all sorts of commentary going on. Drop by vognetwork.com and tell them Brian and Eamon sent you. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. And this is Brian from Canada signing off. Yes, thank you very much for being with us. Until next time, it's Eamon in England still hoping that the truth is out there. <laughs>